Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? Can good. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, what okay. mi- what microphone are you using? The one in these headphones. Okay. That's all I have. Okay. Uh, are you on a uh, a tablet or a laptop? My laptop. Can we try it with uh? Can we try it with the with the um the microphone that's in the laptop? Can you cut? Can you uh? Can you cut sure. this one? I just want to just want to do them side by side. How's that sound? Hello. Oh, actually, that's a lot better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you do you still need the headphones to hear me, or can you I hear can me hear just you. fine? Oh, okay, great, great, great. You look absolutely lovely. Thank you. Oh wait, hold on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, God, you look great. I was late. I went for a run. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You look so good. Oh. Thank you. I sat dressed for you. Oh, yes. I have yes. all of my Star Trek stuff behind me. <laughs> I was going to say, you got a whole bunch of stuff back there. I, I do. It's usually scattered around my room, but <laughs> this is our to proudly go. It's a tote bag that we have. And then. I, my encounter at Farpoint, Deanna, is like one of my favorite things in the world. Yes. Um, what else do I? Oh, I have the entire Voyager crew playmates. Nice. Yes. But oh. I think my head's going to cover them. It's <laughs> okay. So I was I, like, uh, I want the To Proudly Go merch to be visible. Yes, of course. Um, I actually, so I don't recall, I don't know if you recall when we last spoke, my arrangement's a little bit different as well. Um, I recently hung. Ooh. the ships <laughs> oh i love that my my wife uh won them in a um some sort of raffle at uh mm-hmm. at the puppet museum in atlanta of all places <laughs> they don't they don't have any star trek stuff they were just they just had these <laughs> <laughs> but uh hung those up and she's she's the one that got me the on-air little sign here oh, i love that yeah, isn't that cool? So legit. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but my Star Trek shelf is actually over there. Um, it's kind of hard to see all the stuff there. But like top shelf is all novels. Second shelf is trading cards. Uh, third shelf is not finished. I've got it's kind of a mishmash right now of like that's so I have that exact same shelf in white. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's where a, I have my purses. It's oh, they uh they're good shelves. <laughs> they are. They are good shelves. I actually got. No, I thought we would. I thought I would just like give you Tilly's quarters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's it's super. And to be honest, like I would expect Tilly to have a Grogu that she like snuggles. I up know. I was night. like, he lives there. He lives like above my my little my little day bed. Yeah. And I was like, he's fine. Yes, like if there's a Trekkie that has a problem with Grogu, then they need to have a problem with me. Because, <laughs> no. <laughs> the baby is fine <laughs> yes I, and that's the, that's one of the fun things about the show that i've done so far is that there's been a couple times where people are like am i allowed to say that i'm a fan of star wars i'm like yeah <laughs> like me too <laughs> like i would prefer it uh, yeah yeah go ahead say it like it's uh it's i don't if i'm being honest i don't understand the comparison between star wars and star trek yeah because they are two they're completely different Yes. They just have a star in the title. That's literally it. It's yeah. like saying, I, I prefer Star Search over Star Trek. Like, it's like yeah. one's fantasy, one's a fairy tale. Right. The other is like aspirational future. Like, yeah, you it's know, it's completely different. I talked with, um, I had a, a comedian poet. Um, his name is Moody Black. He's a local guy. And we, we got into the discussion of the whole Star Trek, Star Wars thing. 
And I kind of started to piece together like my thoughts about that. And I think because Star Wars is very uh, coming of age, like learning yes. who learning who you are, breaking away from your parents, uh, you know, going out into the world to to do it's your own journey. thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The hero's journey. Star Trek is kind of like the second part of that. It's like it's assuming that you kind of know who you are and broken away and the whole thing and that you're out there on the adventure. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like, hey, you're going to encounter different people, strange new worlds like this is, you know, and this is how you this is how you proceed. You know, you you know, this is how you interact with people who are different than you. You you talk, mm -hmm. you listen, there's diplomacy, you, you know, understand each other and find common ground and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of my. <laughs> I feel like Star Wars is about individual journeys. Yeah. Like each character has an individual journey. They're going on. Princess Leia has a journey. Luke has a journey. Star Trek is more about finding a tribe. Like okay. it's a group journey. Yeah. It's like everyone's on the journey together. Becoming part um, of the crew. Yeah. And like, especially lately, like Chosen Family has always been a Star Trek thing. It just wasn't. We didn't know what Chosen Family was like in the 60s and the 80s and the early 90s. And now like now, like as a queer person, when I watch Star Trek, I'm like, oh, my God, like, no wonder I love this, because it really is just about finding and connecting with people that are nothing like you, but you still connect on a level, even though you come from completely different places you still have the same goal, the same aspiration yeah. of like cooperation. And I'm like, that's, I think that's why there's such a large queer audience for Star Trek, because it's like, that's what we've had to do in our lives is find our people, find our tribe. Right. Like we're all born wherever we're born. And then we find ourselves and then we have to find our people. Yeah. Gosh, that's such a, I mean, <laughs> and I'm always floored by people who are saying, uh, you know, well, it wasn't that way back in, it was like, oh. Really? They were, they, were, were they you were not watching? <laughs> it's like you missed the whole point. So, it just used to be more subtle and it used to be more symbolic. Right. And now it's like the emperor has no clothes. Like you're seeing what it really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love that about it. I, yeah. I, I, I often talk about Seven of Nine, especially now. Yeah. Um, she went from Voyager where she was kind of queer coded. She mm. was always the other, the outsider, yeah. the one who was trying to fit in, trying mm. to assimilate, while also be herself, which yeah. is a very common journey for queer people. And now she is queer. Like, now yeah. she is bisexual. Now she, like, so it's like she went from queer-coded to just queer. And it's like, because we yeah. don't need the coding anymore. It's like, we're ready for the, the, the true representation. Yeah. We're ready to tell the real stories. Like, I love a good symbolic parable oh yeah but there are some things that don't need to be symbolic it's like gay people exist they should be there yeah it's just like uhura was important because it's like black people should be in space with us yeah you know there should be a japanese person on the bridge even though that wasn't long after world war ii it uh -huh. was during the cold war but there was a russian on the bridge it's like that wasn't <laughs> symbolism that yeah. was cutting edge yeah but yeah now it's a different edge that's being cut and I I, you know, I, I, th I find the backlash hilarious because I'm yeah. like, I've I, we've been watching the same story, but we've been taking very different things. From very different. <laughs> it's so interesting how people get totally different things from from the same, uh, you know, from the same pop culture, yeah. you know, uh, content. I, you know, I really love, you know, there's Gene Roddenberry was uh, a human. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't perfect. He wasn't the devil either, but there, I, I always did kind of admire 
that one little you know finger that he gave to the network of just like you can't have a woman on the bridge he's like okay i'll have a black woman on the bridge how about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like he knew he knew the the battle he was fighting and he knew that to win the war you have to lose sometimes but you can still find a victory in the losing you can still come out ahead yeah. you can still get one over on the suits yeah exactly like exactly. that was kind of he invented that game yeah of like I, tricking the sensors and tricking the network and like right? just going over their heads so they didn't even know what they were watching yeah. they just thought it was like silly sci-fi well i just i just started watching um the center seat that docuseries so good yeah it's i'm kicking myself that i'm just now finding now too I saw that they have a book. I'm really excited about the book. Yeah. I might be adding that to my shelf here soon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just getting, and I mean, it's all stuff I knew, but like, um, you know, uh, Lucille Ball, like going to bat for these kind of scrappy folks, but they had a, they had a story to tell. Yeah. I love that she, you know, I've, I've got one book somewhere. It's probably with my other comedy books, but um, uh. 50, 50 funniest women or 50 funny women. And I was just, I, 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 there's tons of funny women in there, obviously, but like, yeah. I, I went right to the Lucille ball. I was just like, let's find out some more about this lady. <laughs> we only know little, like only part of her story yeah. has kind of stood the test of time, mm-hmm. but it's like when you, I mean, cause her journey with her show was just as dramatic. She had to fight for herself. So I think that prepared her for then being a producer for Star Trek and like fighting for it and being yeah. like, no, I believe in this. And, yeah. and I'm sure she even said like, you know, you didn't want me to do what I was doing and I proved you wrong. Right. So it's like, maybe you need to listen. It's uh oh gosh. Well, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm I know I am too. I'm practically giddy that you're on. Um, and I, I definitely want to get into, uh, all of the things we put my phone on. Yes. Um, you just tell me what to do. Yeah, it's um. So uh, I think I kind of gave you the rundown last time of kind of like how the sh- show works, and you've you've you said you listened to a couple couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you kind of have an idea of like how it goes and everything. But I always treat everybody like it's their first time that this is the first time we're you know doing the whole thing and first time we're talking and all this stuff. So um, if you do, you have the notes up in front of you. I can. it's that's up to you i have them and i always send them so that folks can follow yeah yeah. i looked at them i don't know if it's being a performer but it's like there's always a moment where it's like i need to put the script away and it just needs to have like i've read it i'm either ready or i'm not no no hey that's great i like to focus on we'll see and that's that's something i definitely want to get uh into with you um being your performance and your style of performance versus what i do as a comedian i'm very um i i come from a writer background so all my stuff mm-hmm. is very like meticulously worded and all that stuff so i'm i'm very and i still even when i'm performing i'll still work off of a set list now i'm very mm-hmm. i'm very subtle about glancing at it yeah but um yeah i still I, that's i mean maybe that's just me and maybe that's just my process but i'm super fascinated about the entire art form that you guys yeah. do on uh on a weekly basis so i really do want to get into that but let's um let's dive into um the notes i want to run through them just one time real quick just to kind of make sure that we're on the same page before we officially start to roll um any time restrictions do you have a hard out at any no okay cool um if 
if you need, uh, you know, uh, water break, bathroom break, got to make a phone call, whatever, just give me a, you know, give me a timeout and, or just say, hang on a second. I'll edit How it. How long does this usually go? Just out of curiosity. I usually block for two hours, but like, oh, okay. all, like all of our discussions, I mean, I've, I've been recording the entire time. So yeah. I, this is kind of like the preamble stuff that only the Patreon people hear. Uh, all half a dozen of them. Uh, and then uh, the show usually runs eh, right at about an hour, usually an hour and change. Uh, but then, you know, I always like to save a little extra time at the end to kind of talk shop and. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff I was only asking because like our show on Saturdays that we do mm-hmm. is usually like from 6 p.m. to 930. Oh, cool. So it's like a three hour so I love that you're like, if you need a bathroom break, and I'm like, honey, I usually go four or five hours. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, this is no. going to be, a, you, I am like in, I'm in yoga pants. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I'm not cinched at all. I am letting, I am letting my Tilly hang out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, don't you worry about me. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. I just um, look like a diva. I'm really easy. <laughs> um. So uh, I always I always put in there about content restrictions. If uh, and I think we may have discussed this before, but like if you feel like the conversation is going in an area you're not comfortable with or something like that, you can just give me a, a or you can even just say, ah, you know what? Let's just move on. I'll edit around it so that yeah. it, it'll be like it never happened. I want you to be as comfortable as possible um, so that you have a good time, so that you're inclined to come back. <laughs> um, cursing uh you know i'm st- i'm into stand up you're you're a performer as well i don't have a problem and with a cursing right <laughs> i mean tilly tilly did drop the first f bomb she did in star trek so yes. what the fuck you know if it comes out it comes out i'm fine with it um so uh i do i do try to keep the show as accessible for people as possible of course so if it slips uh i mean or we can just discuss it it's fine just don't fire off like 20 in a row because I have to go in and edit it later. That's not my job. That's not my, my style anyway. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. Uh, so uh, getting into the thing, you're going to see like clap, clap, clap. That's mm-hmm. that's that's for me. That's for editing. That creates like a visual marker when I go to edit. Um, sound effects, music, you're not going to hear any of that. Uh, da, da, da. I, I made the change. Again, I'm so sorry it took me so long to make the change. Like right oh, after- no, I don't like the day after I talked, I wasn't with you, worried about it. I okay, great. I I had a and like I, food like, poisoning, and then the I had the only reason that I said something is because my co-star, like she is Captain Janeway. I've dabbled in Janeway, so I'm like, I don't want to take that from her. Like she's amazing at that, and I'm like, I feel much more passionately about my 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 characters. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and because I mean, as I was scrolling through your Instagram and everything, I was just, uh, you know, I saw. Heather, it's it's Heather that does yeah. Janeway, right? Okay, so I saw Heather a bunch, and then I saw I was like, I think that's Flip as as Janeway. Okay. Yeah, and so then it made, it made it made yeah. it made me uh, double take on everything, and I was just kind of like, yeah. okay. But I'm I'm glad you said something. Was you know we can change whatever. Well, we've done we've actually we've done it specifically on like we've done Janeway together at the same time on purpose. Oh, fun! Because there's so many episodes where there is two Janeway. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it's like if you if you can do it, let's do it. So we've done some numbers where um I was the con woman that was impersonating Janeway. Yes. Um, which she's <laughs> a lot of fun. I don't get to play many villains. Um. I just haven't 
found that many that speak to me, but she was one of them. I do Captain Angel from Strange New Worlds. I was about to say, did I see Which Captain I'm Angel? so excited. Like I purposely have not done her in a while because I know Strange New Worlds is coming back. So it's yeah. like, I, mean, I try to keep the characters relevant to the show that's airing. Of course. Or if like when Discovery's on, I do Tilly more often. I don't do her every week, but I make sure that chances are you're going to see Tilly. Um, and the same thing with Picard. I did a lot of Deanna and a lot of Seven of Nine. Right. So right. like, I've been like itching to do Captain Angel. I've been itching to put back on my blue mini skirt for Nurse Chapel. But I was like, just wait, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask about, um, and we'll get into this on the show, but I'm just, I'm jotting this down and saying it aloud just so that it's in both of our brains. I yeah. do want to ask you about villains and yeah some of the best Star Trek villains. Cause I, th I feel like everybody's go-to is like, Oh, Khan, Noonie and Singh. I was like, okay, yeah. not really. <laughs> Maybe My favorite is like such an underdog favorite, but I'm fine with that. Okay. I'll All right. Cool. On the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we'll get into, Sorry, I'm so vain. I keep looking at myself because <laughs> I've not worn this like in lighting. And I like, I was so afraid that it wasn't going to look red on camera. It looks great. It's like a soft auburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm it's, just it's really a I'm like, oh, she's doing it. Yes. <laughs> um, she's here. So we'll we'll get into the thing and then uh we'll we'll chat for a little bit after I intro yeah. you. Uh, you know, it's flip kiki, yay! I always do Muppet hands. Um and then we'll we'll chat for a bit. I wanted it's we're gonna we're gonna dive deep because I, I got a lot of stuff that I am super excited to talk to you about. Yeah. Um we're going to actually skip the recap. Uh, I'll actually record the recap separate and just insert, just because a lot of these recaps get very long-winded and just yeah. yada, yada, yada. So, so we'll, we'll skip that and I'll record it later. Um, but then once we jump back in... Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, uh, after the TrekFest 38 ad, we'll jump back in. There's a couple of little... Um, a couple of little things i'm trying to be so better. i want to be a part of episode discussion oh yeah yeah we're totally going to talk about it yeah we're going to oh okay yeah i'm just recap i don't know if that meant like no 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 i'm just skipping the just like the the actual the recap the yeah yeah I, I assume you've watched the episode so <laughs> i have i wanted to rewatch it today can i tell you like yeah i don't know if you saw my tweet yeah um i was not joking like i was literally having i if we ever meet in person and you've seen me like later this week, times, you will see at some point, like I'm a very feeling person, mm. have a lot of passion, yeah. which can sometimes like, if I get stressed, it, it, it sits with me. I'm like, Ugh, this friggin' t-shirt. I, I keep my Star Trek costumes together. They're yeah. all there and everything was there except this t-shirt. And I was like, where is my t-shirt? I really do not want to wear my uniform just because it's not comfy and right. You know, oh, yeah. I, I wear this. I feel like a Star Trek actor when I say this because I do perform so much in yeah. character. I'm like, I wear the spacesuit enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, give me a time travel episode. Give me an undercover episode. <laughs> yes. Oh. I don't want to wear the spandex spacesuit right now. Oh no, no. Um, do you want to know where this friggin' t-shirt was? Please, yeah. Because I almost, I did also forget my, I didn't forget my wig, but I was like, oh wait, I haven't even pulled out my wig yet. So I went to my wig. It was balled up inside the wig. Oh my God. <laughs> um, which means the last time that I performed as Tilly, I probably, you know, changed out of this back into the uniform or something. Yeah. Um, 
and like I can take this ponytail off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this wig just has like you know oh, it's like, like it's like just like a curly shoulder length okay so if I want to be more active but it still works for Tilly of course and I guess like in my rush at the show I just like wrapped the ponytail around the t-shirt put it in my bag and then when, when I put the wig away I just put it in there with the t-shirt yep <laughs> <laughs> but I was literally sitting in my room like I never had a t-shirt oh, apparently no, no. <laughs> like I imagined this t-shirt I've looked everywhere everywhere because I just moved April like the first of April yeah yeah I was pulling out boxes I had not unpacked yet because I was like maybe it's in here did I use it to wrap a breakable like where is oh, it oh that's funny when I say I ripped my room apart <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get to watch the episode today. <laughs> but I have you know it's one of my favorite I mean it's such a good Tilly episode I love her with May. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love them hunting them. I love a good, like, horror suspense Star Trek moment. Like, we get yes. them all the time. And yeah. I always love them. And I so when they're on the mycelial discovery, um, the, it's not the mirror discovery, but you know the... Yeah. I guess mycelial discovery will work. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, hunting the monster. Hunting the monster. Like, and I love that, like, of all characters to be the lead of this it's yeah. like it's silly it's silly yeah <laughs> with her with a face i'm like any girl with some big hair and a phaser rifle always makes me happy right right <laughs> oh i it's yeah <laughs> that's why i was like okay but i'm gonna talk about the episode right because oh yeah oh we're totally gonna talk about this so it like it's one of my favorite star trek tropes that i like i love when the newer series really do the hardcore tropes that are like established in track yes and this episode has one of my favorite ones so i was like i was very excited oh yeah it's uh the stuff i i noticed i noticed them leaning on uh the horror element of uh certain storytelling aspects i noticed that in enterprise yeah because uh roxanne dawson um a lot of her episodes that she directed ended up having that kind of horror movie vibe. Yeah, they did like, a lot. They did that one with with Hoshi, that Beauty and the Beast yes. episode, uh -huh. the Trillium D Vulcan zombie episode. Uh-huh. But I mean, it, I even think back to Voyager when, you know, there's that episode um where S seven everyone has to go to sleep because there's like a nebula that will kill them. But yeah. Seven is immune because of her Borg implant. So implants, it's just yeah. her on the ship. So it was very creepy. And like, she started to like, you know, and it was early in her journey as a character. So yeah. she was still newly out of the collective. So being alone was a big, it was a big deal for her. Yeah. Um, yeah no the scary ones are always my favorite ones i always, and i always look and i'm like i bet you this aired around halloween and it they always it's always like october <laughs> yeah <laughs> like for october sweeps they're like all right let's scare exactly the well <laughs> it's, the the other uh the other podcast i'm on cinema shock where we do uh genre film history oh um, yeah. yeah it's I didn't uh, know about that. oh yeah it's a lot of it's if you dig genre film history that's that is our bread and butter i mean we dive nice. deep on all the stuff but uh, one of my co-hosts uh, on that is fixing to come on for Discovery and uh, for a Discovery episode, and he hadn't caught up. So here in this last week, he did like some uh, like a couple days of like deep binging, and he got to one particular episode. He did. I didn't pry because I I kind of want him to like expand on his Discovery journey like on the mic, but he was like you guys didn't tell me that there was a horror movie episode of discovery. I was just like, 
Oh, just wait. <laughs> wait till wait till you get to the Gorn episode of Strange New Worlds. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I just I just did a rewatch of season one. Like, in I'm doing the same thing, two, and I forgot how good that episode was. I was like, oh my, like it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It was literally like if I were a child, if I were like a nine year old watching that, I would have like I would be terrified oh yeah i always joke like i've always loved sci-fi i've always loved these shows so like back in the 90s when um when star trek voyager that that's the one that i like i was the right age for that one um i was a little young for next generation i watched it but i did i only got to really watch the the tail end of the series i didn't get to watch the beginning until i was older oh, okay um when i went back and got like dvds mm. um but the another one was the x-files and I loved the X-Files, but I am not kidding you. I would have to, I would record it because I couldn't watch it live. I would have to watch it. The, like I could watch it as long as the sun was up. Yeah. <laughs> but that show was so creepy sometimes yeah. that if I was like in my like dark apartment, like my, my parents worked evenings. So I would be home alone until like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. when they would get off work. And by then I was usually in bed anyway. Right. But so right. I'd be like, you know. 13 years old, just by myself, watching the X-Files, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's like the second that, like, creepy music would start. Yeah, like, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. I need, I need daylight. <laughs> okay, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the creepy music. I have to tell you this story. Always the music when you hear, it's like that, that music that gives you chills. That like, yes. it's like, ooh. So, one of the last times I got really high here at the house, um, was it my birthday? Or how, it, I forget when, not important, um, really high. And the wife and I were watching, um, uh, we, we put on Dr. Who big oh. mistake, big mistake. <laughs> there is such a thing as too high for Dr. Who. Um, oh, yeah. like I thought the British accent was fake. I was like, this isn't no, no, no. Anyways. So I'm starting to, I'm starting oh, to, that is so funny. yeah, I'm starting to fade out. Like the wife is seeing me on the couch. She's like, okay, I think he's falling asleep. I'm going to change it to something I want to watch logical okay no problem she switched it to unsolved mysteries you want to talk about some creepy ass music that woke me up <laughs> like a gunshot i was just like whatever this is turn it off so i used to every summer me and my brother yeah would go stay with our grandparents mm -hmm. and me and my grandmother were very close we we're both tourists we were just very cut from the same cloth kind of people of course so i would usually sleep with her and because my grandfather he had insomnia issues and he like snored really loud so they did not sleep in the same room um like my grandfather had oh, his yeah. room my grandmother had her room and she also was like a little bit of a night owl she would like stay up and watch tv which he didn't like so you know that's just what they did yeah. so i would usually end up sleeping with my grandma a lot like we would just have sleepovers that's and awesome. one of the things that she loved to watch was unsolved mysteries imagine being like eight years old and you're drifting off to sleep with your grandma uh -huh. while listening to Unsolved Mysteries. Like, there's a reason why, like, I messed up in here. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. Well, my, I'm my... like, it's hard to scare me, like, in real life, because it's like, I have been so desensitized. Oh, yeah. I, I think that is one thing about, because um, I, th I think we're roughly same age, so sounds so. like. Sounds like. Definitely. Uh, That's going to be a, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna pry further. Flip than that. is ageless. <laughs> of course. Listen, 
the, the when you travel back from the 23rd and then the 28th century, I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> you know, you stop counting. It doesn't matter. It's exactly. what did you say? Like, oh, you humans don't really know how time works. You don't get it. It's all wibbly wobbly. Uh, it's all, it's, yeah, nothing's linear. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, like, uh, you know, I feel like our generation, like, because even our cartoons were different. So like yeah. looking at, uh, we were watching, uh, we pulled up like Disney plus the other day and looking at gargoyles. I was like, who is this marketed to kids? Like <laughs> it was dark. Yeah. It was really dark. It was gritty. Like, yeah. yeah. Like kids from the eighties and nineties, these, like we were like yeah. watching stuff we shouldn't have. And it was made for us, uh-huh. but it's yeah. like now parents would be like, no. No, not at all. Not like at all. Demona? <laughs> she Marina Sirtis was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you even... like she was not like a kid villain. She mm. was like you believed she would murder someone. Oh yeah, and but <laughs> with... there was no fun and games. Yeah, <laughs> and also and also coming in like with the femme fatale like torn uh, rag type, but with like the massive like uh you know plasma rifle type thing yeah. of just like. I'm getting some Ellen Ripley vibes here, oh, but yeah. like, I'm, you know, it's, it's here, young man. How do you feel about this? <laughs> I've, I've mentioned that a couple of times about Marina Sirtis. I'm like, she was a decider for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so we'll get through, we'll get through the recap and then we'll have our uh, spoiler discussion where we talk about it in depth and all that. Um, but then I definitely want to hit these two little things that are in blue, this, um, the idea of uh, uh, Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts. Uh, Harberts was the first openly gay showrunner in Star Trek franchise. And, you know, we can talk about diver- bleh, diversity and uh, in front of and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the episode title. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I, I, I've I've been championing. Uh, championing? Yeah. Championing um, Guillermo del Toro. Because I want him to come back and do a short trek. I want him to come back. Yeah. And, I want him to come into I the Star want Trek. More short treks. I want more short treks so bad. <laughs> I, uh, and I get, I get it. Like they, they were doing those when there was really only Discovery. Yeah. And now it's like they've got their hands full. Like I get that, but sure. I'm like that needs to be. That is such a good. Um, it's such a good way to test ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's. Like, do, you, do you remember the? Do you remember the series? I think it was on I think it was on Showtime called Masters of Horror. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was like an anthology series. Yeah, it was an anthology yeah. series and it was super simple. Basically, they got the best horror directors and said, "Hey, you've got an hour on Showtime to do whatever you want. Yeah. Have fun." I would love if they would say, "Hey, look, you've got 15 minutes." Mhm. You you know, it's got to stay true to established canon. You can't break canon. Yeah. But Star Trek, right. Uni- Star Trek universe, happen? go do have fun. Yeah. Um, I, like, would I, I would imagine like we see, we always see the characters that are like out front center doing the thing. Right. But like, even when you open it up to think about like section 31, it's like, there are anomalies and phenomena that would be very dangerous slash creepy. Yeah. And like, I'm sure there's a division where it's like, that's what they, they're like the X-Files of Star Trek. Like, that's oh, yeah. what they do. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I want to see those adventures. I want to yeah. see like, you know, the people that work for the Daystrom Institute that have all like, you know, who, who gathered all this crazy gathered stuff, stuff. locked up now. Yeah. It's like, that was someone's job. Yeah. 
Like, and so, that would be so cool. Somebody went and retrieved Kirk's body off of Viridian 3. Viridian, yeah, Viridian 3. And like, I mean, I'd, I mean <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like that episode of Picard like melted my brain in so many ways. Yeah. But I'm such a, I'm currently having a buddy of mine design a t-shirt that says Picard is still in the Nexus. Um, that that whole, that movie's just, it, it's a it's a big one and i and i yeah. absolutely adore it. a lot of people don't like generations for some reason that's yeah that's a different discussion but um oh so anyways i'm a big fan of guillermo del toro and mm-hmm. the title of this episode saints of imperfection comes from his speech when he won for best director for shape of water oh, um, I yeah yeah um basically um the the phrase the phrase he used phrase he uses uh is monsters are the patron saints of imperfection Mm -hmm. and in terms of like um you know in terms of narratives um the idea of identifying with the other Mm -hmm. idea identifying with the outcast frankenstein frankenstein was a perfect perfect example of that like um and you know there's there's a lot of that throughout cinema history and i feel like that's a very relatable thing yeah i mean it's prevalent in star trek yeah in the original series you had devil in the dark whereas like there was this monster and we were afraid of it and then we found out like it was a mother protecting its it's like anything can seem a a, a, anything can seem a threat right but when you understand their someone's motivation yeah it's like suddenly it's like oh this is not an enemy this is just someone someone trying to survive yeah and the same thing in this episode like we have this monster yeah and it's just someone fighting to live yeah it's like if you if you put someone that you can put the best person the best of us Mm -hmm. and if you corner them and get them in survival mode they might not always do the best thing they're gonna do what they have they're gonna do what they have to yeah um and like uh, that's been explored it was explored with equinox and voyager where we saw a starfleet crew that they were put in a tough spot Mm -hmm. and you know we saw how janeway dealt with that Mm-hmm. but it's like what about another captain who didn't even like she thought she was in a tough spot but it's like this was an even smaller ship with even less resources yeah. and it's like i do think that that if that story if that episode were being told now it would be told a little more dimensionally mm. to explain and it you know in the end they do get there yeah um they you know ransom has his redemption but the way that they were just demonized and vilified it's like they're people just trying to live it's like are they doing the right thing no they're slaughtering innocent beings right but they're not just doing it for kicks yeah yeah lazy writing to me like when you have the villain who's just evil for no reason it's just like just to be oh Um, yeah it's always more interesting when you have the villain that it's that 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 famous quote Every villain is a hero in their story. Hero of their own story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like in their mind, they're doing the right thing for them and their people. Right. And if you're on the other side, then yeah, they're going to look like the bad guy to you. Like yeah. Khan. Yeah. He had people that he was trying to lead. Mm-hmm. It's like, was he also an egomaniac? Yes, of course. Like he had some stuff going on, but there was a reason for what he was doing. Right. And it wasn't solely self-centered. See, I think uh, this might get my Trek card taken away. I think Benedict Cumberbatch's con, in terms of like motivation and oh, they reason, did a better job. Yeah, they did it better. Yeah, better. Now, don't get now. Don't get me wrong. Like, 
Ricardo Montalban is oh, iconic. Yeah. It's, it's iconic. Here in Apples and Oranges, they're so different. Right. To me, I don't even think about, it's not comparing the actors, it's comparing different eras of storytelling. Yeah. In the 60s, audiences weren't as particular. You could just have a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, original episode like they did take time to explain his point of view but with benedict they really gave him dimension because yeah, now really did. we are more we are more discerning as an audience we don't want a lazy villain we we want a villain that's still interesting to watch do you think I should probably save this for the episode proper but who cares um do you think i don't yeah <laughs> do you think that because of where America's head was at that time, my father served in Vietnam mm -hmm. and he said it was so hard for them because this was the first war where the enemy didn't wear a uniform. And so they didn't know good guys. They didn't know civilians from, from enemy, from enemy soldiers, so, which, yeah. which is where a lot of that they're killing innocents over there. And they're like, well, how are we supposed to know? Like, and you know, uh, and stuff like that. So do you, do you think like the sixties version of Khan was, it was, or any of those villains, it was just easier to have this kind of villain. Who's got a little, who's got a little uh, eyeliner, whose eyes yeah. look darker. Who's he's yeah. got a menacing voice as opposed to, we've got this very proper British uh, version of Khan who's we see the first thing we do is see him working in a lab like helping to save this little girl yeah. and then like oh we find out this is deeper and you know it, it kind of culminates with I'll target your life support systems and then I will walk over your cold corpses like holy shit <laughs> also, because his people are being held ransom yes yeah it's not yeah. just because he wants to like like he's not just a chaotic idiot who just wants to destroy things. Yeah. It's very much, if you hadn't messed with me, yeah. I wouldn't be messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the original con, he had aspirations of domination. Yeah. So that was a little more, he was more threatening. Mm -hmm. This con wasn't. I, yeah. I, he had those same aspirations, but they, they weren't explored. So that they could have purposely decided to like, no, let's make him, someone who's just doing what he feels he has to do yeah the same thing with nero in the first movie you know he watched his entire planet be destroyed yeah yeah you're gonna be mad yeah that's gonna do something to you yeah. the past and then he was held in prison by the klingon like he's not had a great time of it yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah he's mad yeah i feel like original a little crazy yeah but yeah i or, feel like i feel like cross. original original con was like Kirk forgot about us and then new con is like Starfleet forgot about us like yeah it was less personal and it was more yeah yeah it, yeah uh, it's, okay all right <laughs> we've got some great stuff to get into I'm so excited for this um so anyways once we get through like most of our discussion about uh about the episode and the couple little uh extra little tidbits I've got in there we'll do the uh the who do we blame section of the stats it's very very short this week um it's all people we've talked about before so just we'll breeze through that really quick and then we get to the is this essential viewing you've heard before it's not necessarily a simple yes or no it's kind of yeah. meant to be like you know it is or it isn't for this particular reason or another do i agree disagree whatever um parting thoughts you know just kind of anything uh you know thoughts about <clears throat> uh your fandom 
uh, this episode, the series, the franchise, your experience on this podcast, uh, anything you'd like to say in wrapping up? Uh, once you're through that, I'll do the next week preview. And then I tried to I tried to put like all the stuff about um, to proudly go. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to the um, the the things that the things that you've got going on, like performances and support and where people can find you? Um, I mean, only because we're heading into like the busy season for us. I we do have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We're going to be at um we're gonna be at FlameCon. We'll be performing at FlameCon here cool. in New York. Oh fun. Um we're marching in Brooklyn Pride. What else cool. are we doing? We 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 are going to Comic Con is on our <laughs> Comic Con is on our list, but that's still like far enough away that we haven't New York or San Diego? Um New York. New York. Okay. We we're not quite to the place where we can transport all of us somewhere yeah um yeah <laughs> hell it's hard enough for me to get there yeah. by myself. I mean, if i ever get a chance to go to san diego trust i will represent to probably go and i will show up but it would probably it would be more like a single away mission right. not the entire crew right, um, right. <laughs> but yeah i would say um just mentioning flame con and i feel like i'm missing something but yeah flame con and brooklyn pride that way if there are any if there are any listeners new york area or anyone that's going to come to flame con They'll know to look for me and say, hey, um, last year I was on a panel at Comic-Con. At New York? I know, I saw that. Masterson, and it was so much fun. Like, um, okay. my first Comic-Con. So um, I'm fixing to go to TrekFest 38. They're having me as their MC for the whole shindig. Um, nice. Which, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about it. The, the special Star Trek guest of honor is Chase Masterson. Oh my God. You have to tell her I said, hi, I will. I, I was going to say like, such a pleasure. Okay. I was going to say like, is she cool? Like oh, she's, she's amazing. Really? Okay, good. Yeah. People you meet. That's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel not. like we get really lucky with, with Trek actors yeah. is that Trek is such a positive thing mm. that it tends to, I, I've noticed even with the new cast, like when you see these, when you see Mary Wiseman in an interview it's like, she's just like the sweetest thing. It's like, and Sonequa Martin-Green, she just is such warmth. And yeah. it's like, I, I don't know if it's just that Star Trek, when they're casting for Star Trek, they are casting these kind of characters. Yeah. So they find actors that already have that. Cause I've never met a, a Trek actor that wasn't, um, I met Anthony Rapp Friday. Oh, fun. He, was, he had just done a show. He was. Oh, yeah, I saw the I saw the Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was still so nice. He took like 10 minutes to just like talk to me one on one. Um, and I was like, I was like, I don't like you can go. I'm happy. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> like, I'm not I don't need anything more from you. Like, I'm no. not that that fan. Um, but he genuinely wanted to connect. He wanted to talk. He he was excited to hear about Star Trek drag. And and it was just like. He, he was like excited to meet me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're Anthony Rapp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has anyone told you you're Anthony Rapp? <laughs> he, I, I've had a few, I've had a few limited uh, interactions with him. He seems like the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, uh, uh, the wife and I are coming up Friday to, uh, for, for Con the Musical. Oh yeah, you told me. Yeah, and then we're doing uh, your show Saturday, and then we're headed to the Intrepid. Of course, we're not doing Star Trek. Oh. It's okay. It's it's more about just seeing the show, just having a good time. But, I mean, you like Star Wars too, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing Princess Leia. 
I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> since, we're not doing, since there isn't a series airing, we decided to like just do whatever sci-fi we wanted to do for a few weeks. Of course. Yeah, why not? Um, but the it was a debate back and forth of do we do we try to go see Anthony's show and because we're kind of pressed for time and everything. Yeah. It's just like, uh, looks like we're not going to be able to make it. But I want to get his book because I want to I want to read his book. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's amazing. I've, I'm, I'm slowly getting a collection of books written by Trek actors. Um, yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple memoirs and yeah, Kate Mulgrew's. I have Michelle cool. Nichols. Um, I've got, I've got... Blues, um, Born with Teeth. Oh, it's okay. So good. Really? It's so fascinating. She's such a thoughtful person. Mm. Until okay. like she's that kind of actor. Like she, she's one of those people that everything that happens to her, she knows is material. <laughs> like as an actor, you collect experiences and feelings and emotions so that when you're playing a part, you have something to draw from. Of course. And she's so good at that as an actor. So I don't know if that's what it is, hmm. but like the, the, de- like the vulnerability, the detail, like the things that she shared and she's just a good storyteller. That makes a difference. It really does. Like you can tell that that it was, that there was not a ghostwriter involved. You can yeah. tell it's her, it's her tone. It's like when you watch her in an interview, she has a very distinct way of talking, of, of ex- expressing. Yeah. And that's the book. And there's an audiobook version. I'm very much a book person. But oh, I will okay. say that she reads the audiobook. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. You're literally hearing her tell her stories. We got um George Takei's um story of his time in the internment camp that was turned into a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And the wife and I read that together and just oh, like yeah. amazing story. Uh Will Wheaton's book is really great. He's a oh, he's a good book. writer. I've got Simon Pegg's book. I haven't read it yet, but it's been it's burning a hole on my on my shelf. I need to read that one. Oh, um, I tried to read some of Shatner's stuff. Uh, I mean, we. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I'll talk about Kirk. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there's always the exceptions to the rules when we're discussing how lovely Trek actors are. I, I've, That's okay. I've we're, got, all, we're all people. If, if, if you if you want to dish over a cup of uh, Romulan ale, I'll- I I'll don't t- have any personal experiences. I just like, it's infamous at this point. We've all heard the stories. Yeah, and for me, I love Star Trek so much that I don't want it tainted. Yeah, so yeah. I try to, like if I hear, I try to like block it, delete it. Right. I've gotten Kirk. I'm not like, ooh. Like Kirk does not deserve that. He's an amazing character. William Shatner played him beautifully. Um, so I respect his work as an actor. Mm. Um, there's some things in Nichelle's book that she talks about with him that I was like, Yeah. I've I've heard I've heard some stories from I've heard some stories from a couple of um uh other from other parties as well. Um and there's a I've doing this show. I've kind of gotten a unique look at some of the Star Trek stuff. And uh, there's been a couple of things of like, oh, I didn't realize that this particular person was that way uh, yeah, about reality. Yeah. Well, I feel the yeah. same way, like doing to proudly go performing in the Trek world with the fandom. I hear more stories going to Comic-Con now, like stuff that I just hadn't done before. Yeah. It's like, there's a level of like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in this now. Right. 
Yeah. Like very peripherally. Oh sure, yeah. But now, like, like I encounter truck actors. I like I have a few, I have a few of them that like I engage with regularly on social media now, and it's like that's a connection. That's a different kind of connection that I never had before. I was just an outsider looking in, and now yeah. I'm like, so yeah. You see, you do see different angles, which yeah. I, mean, I find that fascinating as someone who also has always loved behind the scenes. Yeah stories about productions like the struggle to make something happen as an artist I find that inspiring that it's like oh no one just snaps their fingers and makes this stuff happen there's always a story oh there's yeah work yeah so yeah I, w- I won't I won't shatter I won't shatter your image of anybody else unless you're yeah. unless you just want to know but like there's yeah there it's it's kind of like I mean because well, now what? I'm like I don't want to know but now I'm like who are you talking about yeah <laughs> I only know of two actors that are like can be very meh and I will just say they're both captains okay and one of like one of them we've already discussed we actually have talked about both of them um but the second one I give a pass because they there's very good reason for sometimes you gotta bust balls when you come from a certain point of view when you've had to fight it's hard not to become a fighter so uh, you know, t- t- I don't necessarily want to f- all focus on uh, n- the negative aspects. So I will say, I will say, uh, if you ever have the chance to spend five minutes within arm's reach of Nana Visitor, do it. She is just an absolute. You, 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 you talked about you talked about um, Sonequa Martin Green. Mary mm-hmm. Wiseman just kind of being that beam of like positivity and mm-hmm. like warm energy. Like you, you can see, I mean, I, she's, you know, she's, she's still very stunning. She's a lovely, lovely woman, yeah. but like you can, you can like kind of feel the positive aura just yeah. radiating. I mean, off I've seen her. her in interviews on panels and stuff and it, it, it transcends through that. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's just a, the way she speaks like she always it always seems like she's coming she's coming from just such a place of love of no matter what she's talking about yeah there's a gentleness and uh it's amazing like I cannot yeah. wait to meet her she's yeah. definitely on my list so yeah like, oh. yeah any any chance you get to even if it's just a just a quick hi hello how are you like I've yeah. I don't know if you saw it in my feed. I was able to grab like 15 minutes with her on the mic. Yeah. And I, I did like, I listened to a little. She's. Uh, and I, I feel like I bookmarked it, bookmarked it to go back to. And I forgot, I forgot about it. So I'm glad you brought it up. I actually had to break eye contact with her for a second. Cause I kept forgetting what I was supposed oh, to say. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean like her personality just kind of sucks you in. And they talk about that as the it factor like of her charisma yeah Yeah. that like almost it's almost tangible charisma that's just like oh that's why they're in this industry that's why they're doing the thing yeah I had a similar moment with Anthony Rapp like I said he was super tired you could tell mm -hmm. and also like I mean I was there too I was tired it's a very emotional show yeah so it's not like he was like high energy but you could tell he it's very rare to talk to someone who you can tell they're listening to you. They're really with you. It's like, there's eye contact. If you're talking, they're really, they're not just like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. It's like, no, like this is here. And that to me is like so powerful. I try to, anytime someone 
anytime someone comes up after the show to take a picture with me, I always try to remember like, yes, I'm tired. I just did a show, but they're excited. Oh yeah. And, like, they want a memory of this time that we shared. And I should enjoy that just as much as they enjoy that. It's like such a weird, you have to be very, you have to have a level of self-awareness mm. to check yourself and be like, yeah, you're at work, but they're not. They're right. having a good time. Yeah. Your job is to be a part of that good time. And I feel like those are the successful, like Nana has that quality of like, she's so present. Very, very. And like, that's such a rare quality to really encounter consistently it's easy to fake that oh yeah yeah absolutely you can you can you you don't get the same fuzzy when someone's faking it yeah she yeah to me like i've watched her i watch i love watching panels and interviews and it's like i feel it watching a video of her so i can only imagine in person (laughs) um because even when she does her little uh her um instagram her instagram videos and just, mm-hmm. I'm gonna not hear. I love like, her videos. Uh huh. What are you gonna What are you gonna tell me now? <laughs> My favorite thing is like watching Nana's videos just for the like the endorphin rush. Yeah. And then watching Jerry Ryan go off on conservatives on Twitter. I'm like, yes, girl, yes. It's like Nana's my guru and Jerry Ryan's my warrior. And nice. I'm like, yes. <laughs> this is everything that I need. Oh, she. I. I. I would like to. It's weird because like there's a lot of Trek actors that you're like, oh, you know, I'd love to meet them, talk with them, you know, get them to sign whatever, you know, yeah. take a photo or whatever. But then there's a couple of them that you're like, I want to get a beer with this person. I just want like a five minute conversation. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Ryan seems like somebody you want to. I don't ever tell anyone I met you. It's like, yeah. I, just... <laughs> I, like I actually want to meet you. Yeah. Jerry just Ryan seems like somebody you want to you want to get a beer with. You, you yeah. want to hang out with her because like. Yeah. I saw her uh, again, Instagram. And then I swear to God, we're going to start recording. Um, but I saw her doing no, the. We're recording. Oh, we are. This is still just preamble. <laughs> You're welcome, Patreon. Yes. <laughs> um, so the uh, she she recently went over to Todd Stashwick's house to do. For D&D. For D&D. Yeah. I'm like, well, like, I don't know. Oh, and, <laughs> and yeah, just that, that look on her face was just like how it's, this needs to be on a t-shirt. Every, yeah. every Star Trek D and D fan out there, this guy included would just, yeah, absolutely add to cart. Like, <laughs> See, and the other, the funny thing is, is like, I'm not into D and D at all. Meaning like, I just don't know about it. I know what it is. Yeah. yeah. But I've never played it. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So I kind of saw it from her point of view of like, oh my God, I can only imagine how overwhelming this would feel, but I would be the same way. I'd be like, I'm down to learn. Like if someone wanted to teach me how to play it, I, I totally would. I'm like, I'm game, but I would, I'm sure I would be like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I'm sure I'm about to be massacred here. <laughs> it, 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 you know, um, I'm, I'm a dungeon master of our, of our group, uh, you know, and I'm taking uh, my wife and, you know, Uh, five other friends of ours through a campaign and and it can be it can be pretty daunting there's like a lot of numbers there's a lot of things to remember yeah but in terms of the role play aspect i think somebody who's used to performing off the cuff and being Mm -hmm. able to just kind of roll with it yeah i didn't even know that was a thing can i tell you like how i learned that the role playing aspect i just started watching for the first time the big bang theory (laughs) 
and they played yeah. Dungeons and Dragons like throughout that they you know they've shown them a few times and that was the first time I was like I was like oh like they're literally like playing out a story yeah it's uh, I didn't I, know that yeah everybody That's so cool yeah it, it it really is a lot of fun which is why it's so fun to see you know critical role it's a bunch of voice actors yeah. Um, I think there was one where the comedians did it and it was, so it was a lot of comedians. So it was obviously very funny. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, Anthony Rapp was part of Disco Does D&D where it was literally Star Trek Discovery actors. Oh, that's cool. Playing D&D. Now it's, yeah. it, it was, it was very short lived, but like, I also feel like at this point, because of like what happened with Jerry, I'm yeah. like, I cannot play Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> until like, it needs to be made an event. Like Flip is finally playing. Oh yeah, it's like I have to. I need to film it. I need. To, like, <laughs> I'm like it's it, like it keeps like people keep talking about it with me because they know that I, how they know that I follow Jerry Ryan and that I'm yeah. a big Seven fan. So they're like, you know, oh, did you see the Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm like, oh my god, like it's like it's like, do I need to do this too? <laughs> I just do everything Jerry Ryan does. Here's Dungeons and Dragons. There is um there's enough material out there that you wouldn't have to spend a dime. And you could and you can there's videos out there that have broken it down more simply than the the instructions are, but um I I I would be honored if if you said Todd please teach me how to play Dungeons and Dragons. And I would I mean, absolutely I'm down. to. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't want it to sound like, oh, I'm not into it. I just never, I, it's not something I encountered growing yeah. up. It me wasn't. Neither. Me neither. Yeah. I didn't get into it until the pandemic where I was, that you know, sense. sitting around the house was just kind of like, oh, you know what? Let's find out what this D&D thing's about. And I just started playing with toys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Started, I started making like miniature things. Yeah. During yeah. the pandemic, that was my jam, was like crafting. I liked. Like, crafting. like. Therapeutic. How, like, how small and like what exactly? Um, I started with, with fashion scale, which is like Barbie scale one six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. then that became a little like that became a little much because <laughs> this is still taking up too much room. So then I did switch to like one, si one twelfth scale, which oh, is like okay. scale. Um, okay. Yeah. Like I've, I've made a couple, I've worked on a couple of dioramas. Oh, um, I have an idea for some, I might open an Etsy shop. Ooh. Trek related. Yes. Um, I don't want to say anything because <laughs> it's like, God forbid someone beats me to it. If I say it. Oh. Um, yeah. That's yeah. trust me, but I've been there too. Of like, I've oh. always loved that. I mean, that's why, like, these are these are literally my action figures from my childhood. Like, I played with these. Oh, um, I'm very proud that I was never rough with my toys, they've held up very well. I was gonna say, they look like, pretty, pretty damn pristine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would like wipe them down with like Lysol, um, wipes. That's love, like, yeah, even like a kid. I've always been that way, but um, like, I've always loved. I have a thing for like action figures and toys, like anything that's big mm -hmm. that someone makes small, I'm suddenly obsessed with it. I don't <laughs> know what that is, but I'm like, I have an obsession. Um, have you seen, have you seen some of the Lego, the Lego mocks that are out there of the different ships? Um, Chris Ames, who does uh, his, his yeah, his mini Star Trek. He's been on the show a couple times and mm -hmm. um, he actually, I had, I had a guy on my show who was the former engineer of the real USS Enterprise. Ooh. 
And so I contacted Chris and said, hey, don't you have one of the mini Lego of the actual USS Enterprise, the aircraft carrier? He goes, yeah. I was like, hey, man, you know, would you mind sending me one as a gift to this this guest? He's like, absolutely. So I I want to try I want to try to start doing that more for folks of like getting stuck because there's people out there like who do the DIY um, like enamel pins and cross stitch and making t-shirts and stickers and all this stuff and it's just yeah that's what I want to start doing like I like all of my art that I release like I make those posters um like today I released the new cast poster for our show the strange new worlds saw it looks good um thank you (laughs) yeah that's something I started doing like I made this graphic for our tote I was inspired by like the Star Trek comic books the way their covers they had that CGI animated comic booky look yep um and so that's what I've been trying to do because I like the I like the cohesiveness it gives our visuals. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been very brand conscious. Mm. Of like, you know, yeah, we need a flyer for the show and it could just be like a quick Photoshop, blah, blah, blah. or we could create a vi- like something that really something catches out. your eye. Yeah. And then I- we can put it on stuff and sell it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, there's been a coffee mug or. Exactly. There's been times where, I mean, I've done enough comedy shows where, you know, there's so much thought put into the venue, the lineup, the whole thing. And then it comes time to the poster and the poster looks like garbage. And I'm like, there's so many bad ones. And oh. the same thing happens in like in the nightlife scene for drag queens. Yeah. It's like, there are some queens that they get it and their flyers are like iconic. Yes. And then there's others where it's like, Okay, first of all, you need to hold down the shift key when you make when you change the size of something because you're skewing it and that drives me bananas. Um, like I, I'm a graphic artist. Like I pick up on that stuff. Right. Um, and I always respect, like, I don't know, for me, like as a drag queen, I'm like flyers for my shows are almost like what music videos are to like Taylor Swift or Beyonce. It's yeah. like the visual you are releasing in conjunction with your art. Yeah, and, you know, I can't release music videos, but I can release a damn good print. <laughs> and, you know, it's 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 one of those things that maybe it seems like such maybe to and again, having produced a show myself and I'm sure you've uh, been in the same boat. It seems like such a smaller detail. You're like, well, I'm focused on the venue, the lineup, the whole thing. The importance of it. Yeah. But yeah, those folks who just like, oh, it's like, no, if you, if you're, if, if everything you're putting together is up here, but your poster's down here, that's, yeah, then that's the first thing anyone sees. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind of the face of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, it's the curb appeal. It's just like you said, it's, it's the, it's the first thing people are going to see, you know, they might not walk by the club. They might, but they might see it in a window. If it just says drag show 6 p.m., like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but or if it looks it on social media, like you might be an Instagram suggestion to them. And it's like, if it's a strong visual, they're going to stop and read it and be yes. like, what is this? And it's, <laughs> but if and it's it, bad. They're just going to like get away. This is ugly. Right. <laughs> but it's this. such a, it's such a smart move to have, to, to draw inspiration from the comics, which well, now, I, now that you say to... that, I'm so glad that, my next guest coming on is JK Woodward. Who's. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) No, I just felt like it, we're, we are a Star Trek show. So it's like everything we do should fit in with Star Trek. Like it should, I'm always the one, like I, I like to use Star Trek terms during the show. 
Like we, we bring, we give out drink tickets and I'm the one that's like, here's a replicator ration. Oh. Um, like I don't say hit play or like, I'm like engage, like engage my number. Engage. Yes. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. It's like, cause that's part of, to me, that's like, I now get to dress up and play Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> why oh. wouldn't I, why wouldn't I make that as immersive as I can? I have props. Like I have like a static tricorder that I don't need a tricorder to sell what I'm doing, but it's cool. I have a yes. pad, like I use it all the time. Yeah. Um, eventually I want to get an iPad and get make a case for it so that my set list can be on an iPad that actually looks like a pad. And I'm like, looks like a pad. Yeah. Holy. Like I have this like, Holy crap. And I make different screens and it's just those little touches that it's like, if you want to connect to Star Trek fans, give them Star Trek. It's got to look, it's got to, you got to look the part. Yeah. yeah. Top to bottom, <laughs> front to back. Yeah. This will be the last thing I say, and we can even bring this back up during the show because I think it's a good point. It's the reason Star Trek is so powerful right now is because it's the first time Star Trek is being created by lifelong Star Trek fans. So it's like, people want to be like, it's fan service, it's fan service. It's like, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> like, why, why is that being demonized? Please, why wouldn't you try to please the people that love what you're doing? <laughs> there have been so many times as a drag queen where I have like, purposely done a number for for a certain person yeah. like it's their birthday and i know that they love this character so it's like yeah that's fan service but like it's my way of saying thank you for the people that have supported me why wouldn't star trek do that for us yeah. and now it's like they're doing it for themselves because it's like they have loved this forever like terry metallis is a perfect example perfect. he is a trekkie and he's the Trekkie making Trek. Like, that's amazing. Oh. There's a reason why Picard season three blew our minds so much. Because it was the first time in a long time that we were watching Star Trek that we were like, oh my God, this is exactly what I would have done. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh. I, I called it first episode when they were talking about Easter eggs and all the Wrath of Khan vibes. Yeah. I said it and I thought it was going to be a bigger thing. But I said, I was like, there's going to be a Genesis device. Mark my words. Did you really? Oh, that's cool. I thought that, I thought that, I thought that maybe the changelings had stolen the Genesis device. Because it's like if you don't like organic beings, that would have been cool. Why wouldn't you steal a weapon that can just wipe them out? That wipe them the out. Perfect. Like just wipe out the solids. Yeah, like that would have been a really solids. cool changeling storyline. It would have been. But when we did see the Genesis at Daystrip, I was like, it's like there's such a rich Star Trek now has history. Yeah. Like yeah. It, especially now that like Discovery is different because it's in its own time period. Mm -hmm. But with Picard, it's like that is a continuation of the Star Trek we have watched. Therefore, it now has this 50 year history. Why wouldn't you pull from it? Yeah. Instead yeah. of in, like it's it's cool to bring in new stuff, but bring something from 40 years ago. That's cool. Oh, that, yeah. That makes it the world building uh -huh. is it's, what I feel like was missing for a little bit. Enterprise didn't do a lot of world building until towards the end when it finally started to pay homage to the original series. And that's when it started clicking. Yeah. Discovery, when it brought in Pike, when it brought in like things that just made sense. Cause it's like, well, if you're in this time period, that would be in this time period. This, yeah. And it made it, it connected it. Yeah, I mean, it, it cohesive, that. like it, it, exactly. it, gives, it gives it weight, like, uh, you know. It reminds you that, like, we are in this world. 
Yep, exactly. Like, There's a reason why every Star Trek at least mentions Vulcans and Klingons because it's like we know them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it would be weird not to mention them. They are such a large part of the culture of yes. the Federation. Yeah, but it's like to bring in some rando aliens. Anytime that's been done, that's when it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It does, work. Sometimes it's cool and sometimes it's not. It's hit or miss. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know, you you mentioned. You mentioned the history of of Star Trek and, uh, you know, being able to pull from that history. And I was thinking about this earlier today, the idea of because I've been, you know, talking with my local comic book shop about, hey, did you get in such and such a book? And they're like, no, because Star Trek doesn't sell. I'm like, why the hell is, or is it not selling? And I'm just I know and I, I, miss the, I miss the ages of like the novel series. Right. I had almost every numbered novel from the from TNG and Voyager. I still have some. Like I have, I have like a collection of hardbacks. Nice. That I like. I have my Voyagers, my Next Generation. Like, and it's like they they they're still doing them. Like, there's a couple Discovery ones. There's a couple Strange New Worlds ones. But it's just like, I mean, that's a whole other conversation because that goes into publishing is just right well and the comics the comics history of start yeah the comics history of star trek is very dicey at best but i think you know with i mean we've had ebbs and flows yes and novels yeah the novels such a because the my my shelf of novels is actually the novelizations of episodes have a few of those and i love them right like uh for example uh i recently read relics the one where the tng crew finds scotty and he's in yeah 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 yeah. wow the novel is so amazing like (laughs) it's really really great but like looking at the comics specifically it's kind of like there there's stuff that's happening in comics right now that if that if you're not a casual comics fan but if you say it to a star trek fan they're like oh why am i not reading this like yeah the like the main storyline and then defiant the star trek defiant series is like just the previews alone i was talking with a couple of other like i've seen some buzz about it like i'm not i'm not the biggest comic book reader i have a few like i have a few omnibuses that i love yeah i have a mirror universe one i have the the Q one that it was the Q with all four captains. Yes. Um, I think it was like for one of the anniversaries. Like I have that kind yeah. of stuff, but I don't read. It's overwhelming because there's it, so many out there. There's a lot. There's a lot. So it's um, like, I see one, I'll usually leaf through it or whatever, but I definitely don't. It's like, I have, I have enough obsessions to keep track. Of. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's like uh, I, have, I have to draw the line somewhere. Exactly. The, yeah. It's, and that's kind of, but you I, know, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm working with um working with some folks and trying to get a Star Trek thing going. But like it, and that was so that was that's been on my mind of like the Star Trek comics of like oh why why isn't it working? And I think it's because yeah. I think there I think it is because there's that disconnect of like this is canon, this isn't. And like yeah. well, if you've got folks who are churning out great work here in the comics side, but it doesn't count like if you could just tie them even loosely together, it would be yeah ah, so or amazing. Establish like there's the comic canon and the show and the franchise canon, and they don't have to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, Star Wars had the same evolution. You know, there was all of the expanded universe that happened after the original trilogy. Right. You know, the Timothy Zahn novels. Right. All of those amazing stories that are now like wiped out 
by Disney, which is fine. Like they, they're telling their own story and that's yeah. cool, but yeah. I don't think it should detract from how great those stories were. Yeah. And like Star Trek should have an easier way of that because they've already, you've already established, like we have the Kelvin timeline. We have the prime timeline. Alternate realities are already a thing. So just dig into that and just like present these things as like in a universe where this happened, this is the story. And it's like, th that's already a Star Trek trope. Yeah. So yeah. make that your thing. And then it make it would make all the comics canon in their timeline. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's, and it's uh, you like know, already such a, that would be such an easy solve for that. Yeah. And I, you know, they're, they're trying to, I, granted, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not in the IDW offices or anything like that. Yeah, just, exactly. You know, it's, I'm very much approaching well, we know the conversation they're having. Like they are trying to figure out this out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it is a very, like I said, that, that leads to the conversation of publishing in general is a very evolving medium right now out of necessity. Cause it's yeah. like, it, it either needs to evolve or it's going to die. Oh, and comic books were comic books were seemingly first on the chopping block. Cause it was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, we don't need this. It's like, I mean, I, well, I guess, I guess comics might actually have more longevity just because there is the visual aspect, but if it's all digital, it's, it's all on the chopping block, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is interesting. Um, it's funny because, you know, this, we've seen it happen so many times in our lifetimes, like music videos are going to kill the radio. Well, that didn't happen. Radio figured it out. Right. Um, you know, back in the fifties, 40s and 50s film is a tv tv would kill film or i should say the 50s 60s not the 40s right. like but that didn't happen movies figured it out yeah. so i feel like we're just living through publishing figuring it out because at the end of the day there are still people that love to read there yeah. are still, so it's like it's if it dies that's just laziness that just means they did you didn't figure it out exactly but, but we're just having to live through the growing pains and right. it sucks because it's like I remember my childhood when like reading rainbow was a big thing that really yeah. influenced reading. So it's like books were that really did help the publishing industry. So it's like this generation needs that moment of like yeah. something that makes reading cool again. Emma Watson tried it when she did the live action beauty and the beast. She has her literacy program. So it's like, there are people out there fighting the fight. Yeah. It's just that, of course, when you're living through it, it feels like it's like, are they, it's yeah. Ever, like happen well i think it's you know i think at the end of the day uh, you know in you know just analyzing it here with you now maybe it's maybe it is at that critical point uh but it's it's either i think it, rather than it dying because if it was going to die i would have died by now exactly it's like it's going to tip back it's just i think i think what we're seeing i think what we're seeing is it's not dying but more people have access now so yeah. it's like same with same with film and television. You're seeing people who are able to make really compelling YouTube series yeah. and shoot them, shoot them low budget, shoot them at home with their friends. And it's good. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same with comics. Like now, instead of, oh, well, they're they're at the Marvel offices in New York or at the you know, they're at the D.C. offices out in Burbank or whatever. It's no, these people are all over the world. And, yeah, and a lot and of them are self-publishing, self-publishing, you know, you got the so, stuff like uh crowdfund crowdfunded stuff. Like 
honestly, there's some crowdfunded stuff that's better than the big companies. No, yeah. You know, so. Because it, I mean, there's passion behind it. Like, that's always going to lead to good art. Oh, yeah. And, like, of course, it's, you know, if you can make your art business, meaning you can, like, live off of it, great. But the second it just becomes about business and just becomes about the numbers, that's mm. when the art suffers. And I think that's where, you know, folks like you and folk, a couple of folks that I've dealt with who are who are good producers, and I'll, I'll use the term producers as more of a umbrella blanket term of just kind of like someone who is really into what you're doing, but also knows how to make it successful. Yeah. And you're able to marry those two and nobody's able and nobody loses any sleep over it. Like yeah. it's <laughs> nobody's nobody's integrity is compromised or artistic vision is compromised. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah, we, the way to stay true to what you're doing and right. make it successful. Exactly. If you really believe in what you're doing, that's that's the that's the secret ingredient is passion. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. You can't be phoning it in because your audience will know, your readers will know, your listeners will know. They will know if it's not genuine. And um, if yeah, you, you're absolutely if right. You, <laughs> if you fake something and you make it work, it might be successful for a very limited time. Mm, and mm -hmm. then that fourth wall is going to break and people are going to realize like, oh, we fell for something that wasn't real. But if you are coming from a genuine place of passion and love for what you're doing, that's how we have a franchise that has lasted over 50 years is because it has a real message. It has, there's a heart to it. It's yeah. a beating, breathing thing. It's not just a commodity. Yeah. It's, it's and like, it can be easy to look at it that way. And I'm yeah, sure there's I mean, a fair amount of executives who do, but like potential to make money. Yeah. But that's not the, that's not its sole reason yeah. for existing. Well, hell look at critical role. Like, they came to them like, hey, do you guys, would you mind us filming you and putting you on the internet? And they're like, do we have to change anything about what we do? They're like, no, just keep doing what you're doing. We're just going to film it and put it on the internet. They're like, all right. And then they started doing that. And they're like, we have some suggestions. And they're like, no. And they're like, okay. This is the deal. <laughs> yep, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's anyway, great. All right. Before we start, collect yourself. Yes. I'm just going to refill my water and then I will be ready. You know what? I'm going to do the same. I do ask that you just edit any time that just my like bulbous torso is the only thing on screen. <laughs> Cause like I said, I usually wear like a still boned shaper and I mean, you look great. That's, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not, I, I'm only representing my brand from the boobs up. <laughs> Listen, it, it, now that I know that we are roughly the same age, um, you look great. You look absolutely great. Yeah. I, I was talking with somebody. I don't know how. Like, I am starting to wonder. I'm like, when's it going to start failing? <laughs> Listen, um, this this beard hides the acne it causes. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't, like, I am losing tone here. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like that. I don't have a, there's nothing I can do. I can't grow a beard. <laughs> Well, so it's like, I'm going to need a doctor soon. Um, so I'm fine with that. When, when I was in law enforcement, it was shaved head, clean shaven all the yeah. time. My head is shaped like a basketball. So I just looked like this lollipop in a uniform, just be bopping <laughs> around. Like, and again, 
this makes me look my age. Yeah. <laughs> Without it, yes, I'll look younger. I'll look too much younger. <laughs> like yeah. that, nah, that's that's too young. <laughs> the makeup does a lot too. Like there's a lot of like and wigs. I will say I have uh, I have such a big face like for my head. Like if you but like the wig adds so much that it proportionalizes what's happening. Oh sure. So it's like, I'm definitely that, that person. Like, that's why I have long hair out of drag. It's like, if I have short hair, I'm just like a face. <laughs> like it's, it, it can sometimes look jarring. It's, we, um, I, I think we are definitely best friends. Like, like, cause look, when, when the, like, the, like we, we've reached the self-deprecating level of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only look this good. Cause I spent three hours. <laughs> I like, this is a product. <laughs> The, the thing is, is like, I, my, like, as soon as I slid my badging gun across the desk and was like, I'm out of here. I was just like, I get to get a real big boy haircut. Like, <laughs> and it was like, okay, I'm going with the Conan O'Brien, like really yeah, tall up it. here. And then I grew, I actually grew the beard out like halfway down my chest. Lumberjack. Cause I was like, I, I have to take this it's round amazing. head and elongate it at least a little bit. And yeah. um, now it's kind of a little more refined and, and all that stuff. But, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but ever, like before you jumped on, I had the zoom and it was and it was wide. And I was I was just counting all the grays here. Oh. And I'm getting I'm getting the salt and pepper up I'm here on the temples. Few, like, yeah. <laughs> and they, of course, they say, though, they say that if it, it, you know, what goes gray doesn't fall out. Oh. That's, that's the rumor. It's okay. like. So I'm like, I, I'm fine with it all going gray then. It's like, if that just means that it, like, I, like, you I know, can color it. You know what? <laughs> Nana Visitors, full gray. Uh, I love her silver. She looks great. She looks great. Satin <laughs> with her, like, the way her hair has, like, grayed around her face. I don't know if they go in and refine that with color. Some people do gray in very interesting patterns. That's true. It kind of reminds us we are animals. Like, this is a coat. And it's like, yes. there are animals that have different coloration patterns. It's not as common in humans, but it is a thing. And she's a redhead, which is already a mutation. So it's yeah. not weird that her gray pattern would also be unique. Yeah. Um, Wild to think about. And I find it beautiful. I'm oh like, yeah, she looks great. Um, <laughs> There's something about something about those dancers. Because she's a dancer. Mm -hmm. And our visitor's a dancer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, say it again audrey hepburn when even when she was older she it i think it's just something about they're like athletes yeah they're athletes so you you've trained your body most people maintain a weight mm. like mm. if you're a little on the heavier side you're probably going to stay on the heavier side you might fluctuate but but if you're like they trained their bodies to like, this is the size that I am. Jerry yeah. Ryan's the same way. Her figure has barely changed. She, she looks like, just like 1997. <laughs> and I didn't even realize great. it because, and I'm glad that season one and season two, they just let her be a person. Mm, mm -hmm, She's just mm -hmm. wearing like a leather jacket and some pants. So it's not like it's there. They weren't like selling the goods. Right. But then right. when you see her in season three in that uniform, that it's like trim. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, girl <laughs> still got it. There, she, there it I is. Got it, but it's like, <laughs> now I can see it. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> All right. We've established that I'm like a person. 
I can be hot again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She I looks great. Suit. Now I can be hot again. Oh, yeah. Well, it's I've always, um, you know, as I, I think I was I was talking with my wife about, you know, if I was on Star Trek, what kind of character would I be? Mm-hmm. And I always yeah, we've thought all, like we've all thought about that. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Kirk, Kirk was about as piratey as they get. Yeah. I would swing super hard into pirate of like yeah. my uniform is never zipped. My feet are kicked up on everything. Um, I'm whistling everywhere I go. It's very much like, ah, bring me that horizon. Ah, you know. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, is like. If you're in a time period, I, this is this is really getting into the Star Trek minutia of it. But mm-hmm. um, if That's you're right. if you're in a if you're in a Star Trek era beyond Wolf three five nine, why are you not trained in a bladed weapon? Because yeah. because Worf seemed to be like the only person who could do a damn thing because he had a batleth of yeah. <laughs> oh, our phasers aren't working. He's like, yeah, I got it. Technology fails. <laughs> I mean, and it makes sense because it's the characters that we see that have that are the characters that are security, are tactical. So it implies that like, if that is your field, you are training in that way. Yeah. Um, There is something for me to be said that like, not everyone's a fighter. That's true. Um, Yeah, no, I get that. There are some characters that like, it wouldn't be true to who they are as a person um, because that would be me. Right, right. If I were in the Star Trek universe, I would be... I would probably, I would probably be like a Deanna Troy. I'm a communicator. I'm a talker. I'm a, I'm a, let's get, let's figure this out. Let's like, I would diploma, I would diplomat, diplomacy, diplomacy. Yeah. This is lip gloss running down my face. (laughs) It's because I drink water. Hey, there you go. There we go. Um, still, still lovely. Don't be, worry. I would be that person. And it's like, you believe that Deanna can handle a phaser. You believe mm-hmm. that she can take care of herself yeah. to an extent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, I would be the same way. It's like, yeah, I can handle myself. But if things get a little too hairy, I might need help. Yeah, I think that. Whereas with Worf, it's like, no, Worf is the help. Well, yeah, War- yeah, Worf's <laughs> like, got you it. You meet those characters too that are like, I- I'm the Calvary. Exactly. When well, fails. That, that was the, that was the other part of that conversation with my wife of like, you know what? I'd like to think I'd be this piratey captain. At the end of the day, I'm going to be a red shirt. Like, <laughs> I'll be a red shirt security guy. I'll I'll jack people up and stuff, but yeah, that, that's going to be my bag. <laughs> I think I would either be like a diplomatic officer, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Yeah. If I were in Starfleet, I also could see myself not being in Starfleet. I yeah. could see myself like I would probably still be me. Like I might just be an entertainer, a performer. Like art still exists. Like maybe I would be a drag queen. <laughs> um, that's that's an interesting. But uh, my yeah. my parents were engineers. They Ooh. were textile engineers. So I grew up. I grew up tinkering. I grew up. I think that's why I liked the miniaturiz- The miniaturizing is because it was like a handcraft. Yeah. I do like that. So I could see myself being like a more of a Bellana than a Geordie. And okay. definitely, uh, whatever gets the job done, I don't care. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> I not look pretty, but it's going to work. Um, so like, yeah, I would probably be an engineer, a tinkerer. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I'd you either be what? figuring out how people work, or I'd be figuring out how machines work. Yeah, I know. I, that's a, you know, going back to something you said about 
about Deanna Troy handling a phaser, a lot of people forget, like, and I mean, they got reminded of it in Picard at the first episode of Picard season three. Uh, Bev, Bev knows how to handle a phaser. Like, yeah. She's a badass. Like, and they're like, and well, there's she, and the reason why she was one of the officers chosen on that se that secret ops mission yes. in Cardassian space. There's a reason why she was a she was able to go. You have to have, you know, she took command training. We saw her commanding the bridge, which implies like she would know how to handle herself. She knows what to do. Yeah. 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 Um, and we even saw both the ladies in um insurrection. Like yes. they were fighting off with the phaser blasters, just like everyone else. It's like, we didn't get to see that side of their characters often because it wasn't their main role. Right. Yeah. You know, when you, when you are an officer on a ship, you are going to serve your function for the most part. Mm -hmm. But we saw when things got hairy, they could oh, yeah. jump in. Yeah. And I love that. I love that we we're seeing that more now as the characters are allowed more dimension and they're put into more circumstances, like in discovery and strange new worlds and Picard and all of Picard, like we got to see so many different sides to these characters. Yeah. Like we got to see the seven of nine that wasn't efficient. That was also a little bit of a mess. Yeah. But still highly capable and still highly adaptive, which is like, I would say that's her main character goal from the beginning of her story in Voyager. Mm. She, she's the type of woman who has had to adapt. So yeah. she can adapt to anything thrown at her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, why not throw things at her and and watch what happens? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's kind of it, it, that always seems to be, um, you know, the crux of like what is compelling about Star Trek. Of like, you have these people who are let's let's not you know let's not put on airs here. They're doing high level theoretical uh, physics in their head at the drop of a dime these are very smart very capable people but it's kind yeah. of like okay best, when you the best when, and the brightest that's yeah. like one of the taglines for starfleet officers exactly so when you've got that high level of training and ability and then you're thrust into a thing where they end up going i don't know <laughs> that yeah. that seems to be the most compelling thing because like i remember it was so fascinating to me watching there was that episode where jordy is stranded on a planet and he falls into a hole and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he ends up like finding the minerals and melting them down mm -hmm. to make spikes to climb. And I was like, wow, that is some engineering. He MacGyvered the hell out of that. Yeah. Like, like, that's what would happen. Like, they yeah. are, that's what at the, I think at the core of Starfleet, problem solver. You have to be a problem solver. And th that's what they are. They're scientists, they're theoretic, they're, they're, they're theoreticians. They love a problem. Yes. They yeah. want to figure it out. It's like the that famous quote, everything is unknown until it isn't. Like, yeah. and then yeah. the second you figure it out, it's like, ah, figured it out. And well, it's like I feel like we're seeing more of that in discoveries of great example. We see these characters, they're constantly thrown in these situations where it's like there is no easy day at work. No, no. And it's like that's kind of how that period probably would have been, that pre-Kirk. Yeah. You know, the universe is still quite big. The yeah. the Federation is not not how we see it in Next Gen and DS9, where it's like a lot of it's been figured out. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns and Strange New Worlds is that way. And that's what I love about it. It's like we're back in like the cowboy times. Yeah, it's still, it, there's a bit yeah. of a Wild West element to it. I mean, even looking at, even looking at the Lower Decks episode where they, where. Uh, because they're out on, they're out there. 
Yeah. Captain Freeman takes the the engineering staff to that spa um that spa ship. Uh-huh. And how do they relax? They find problems to solve and it's just yep. and that's, that's their thing. They are. Yeah. That's who they are. They're workaholics. That's all it is. They're workaholics with good ethics. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the that's the future that we aspire to. Workaholics yeah. with good ethics. I can relate to that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any other questions before we finally get rolling? Oh God, we're I've oh. taken up so much of your time. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, no, I'm so I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah, I, I am too. Check out. I will I, talk about. I I I am like I probably need to eventually start doing this. Like what, I like podcasting? I, I need to do a podcast because it's like I. I love talking about Star Trek far too much. <laughs> it's, I, to be honest, you've got the energy. Um, you've got the energy to, if you find like a, a really cool niche approach. I have an idea. I might pick your brain about it sometime. Absolutely. I do have an idea for how I, what I think I would do. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Listen, I, you know, I think um, that's one thing. <laughs> it's weird to think about, but like the podcasting community is actually kind of like the food truck community where it's just kind of like if there's one they are apt to tell other people and like help each other so yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. like I, I, this goes back to like anybody in a creative endeavor who's kind of in control who's in control is very much about the track that they are on yeah um so i think if you discuss your ideas with another podcaster it's safe because you're not yeah. gonna have to worry about anybody stealing your ideas well um, that's the thing like i would seek out people that are already doing that so yeah. it's like they're not gonna they already have their thing <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean there's been i've i've guested on enough shows to you know hear a bunch of different formats and and stuff like yeah. that and if you're if you're listening to mine i'm sure i'm sure you've listened to others as well oh yeah um, yeah yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I would absolutely please feel free to pick my brain about anything and everything because I will whatever help you need in terms of like equipment, software. Hey, did I already tell you? I feel like we had a very short Instagram DM chat about this, didn't we? It was very now you, like now that you mentioned it, surface, and I feel like I remember you being like because I think I remember you joking about like like being a guest. We may I, have. I, I think I remember responding like, oh yeah, you would be at the top of my, like, of course I would want people that, I'm that person where if it's like, if I'm new at something, I want to surround myself by people that are good at it because they're going to elevate me. They're going to, they're going to teach me what I don't know. It's like, I don't want to be the best in the room. I no. want to be like among peers or people better. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I forget who said this, but that's quote, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> you're not going to be challenged you're not going to be that's a good thought yeah you're just going to be there yeah and it's boring at board at the top like oh, right board at the top like, yeah the second you're at the top you're done it's like find yeah. a top. find keep climbing oh yeah well i mean and that's you know anytime i go to even if it's an open mic if i go to an open mic and you know I don't like, I don't usually like to watch other comedians because I'm trying to get into my own headspace to do, to do my own thing. But if I end up watching a couple of other comics, it's kind of like, I have so much, I have so much advice to give, but like, I have to be careful because not everybody's open to that. Like, yeah, uh, it happens to me with drag queens. Like I've been doing it for over a decade. I'm going to have an opinion. I'm going to, if someone just started, I'm probably going to know some things they don't know. And it doesn't mean like, I'm like, I'm a know-it-all. It just means I've been doing it longer. 
Like right. I, I have learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, gosh, we could, I could, you know, go, and I'm sure you could too all night about, you know, this person was doing this and I was like, you know, I, I, I like to approach my advice giving in, uh, questions of like, yeah. Hey, Hey, what's, wait, what's your process? And like, well, I don't have one. I was like, Oh, would you like me to suggest some yeah. <laughs> or something like, along those lines? Well, that, I mean, that's why we would probably be Starfleet officers. Cause it's literally just like, I see a problem. I want to fix it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, how did this error occur before I fix your problem? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Explain exactly. this operating system to me. Like, what have you done? What haven't you done? Oh boy. Yeah. It's there's, oh gosh. So I'm, files and manifolds are open. That's all. Just open them up and you'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, hey, maybe, easy, easy. hey, maybe don't drink a gallon of whiskey before you go on stage. Okay. Now I feel personally attacked. So. <laughs> did, did someone tell you to say that to me? <laughs> Oh gosh! No. Listen, not even water. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, there, and then I swear to God, we'll start recording. Um, there was one time where I went with a couple of you know other comedians, and we went to this show, and the only people in the room were the bartender and the chef in the kitchen who came out because there was no one, and it's all these comedians there to perform for empty chairs and tables yeah i'm gonna get wasted at that show yep and i had those where it's like uh, yeah, keep them coming but yep. i had otherwise I, this is gonna go dark oh <laughs> yeah i had i had way too many rum and cokes and when they and ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the stage mr todd a davis i didn't go up the stairs on the left i didn't go up the stairs on the right i rolled onto the stage from the middle i'm just it was all downhill paving <laughs> his own way yep the- <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready to, you ready I, to carve some wax you said that i will tell you like saturday yeah i was at stonewall inn um the iconic stonewall inn yeah and i was just doing a few numbers mm-hmm. it was a great night great show i woke up that morning without a voice i was opening with a live number i was like oh and it only happens like spring allergies only hit me like one or two days out of the year Oh. And it's usually at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And so I took some Claritin, didn't think anything of it, took some Claritin, worked on getting my voice there, like mm-hmm. warming up all day mm-hmm. long, all day long. Everything was great. Mm-hmm. Got to the show, took a shot right before I hit the stage just to like loosen up, had a drink I sipped on through the show. That was really it. White girl wasted. <laughs> because the allergy medication. Oh, no. Like just doubled everything i didn't even think about it oh my god i didn't either like oh. I, don't, I don't take the medication often enough to like think about that right but luckily i made it through the whole show and it, it didn't hit me until like the end like oh. after kind of yeah but I was like, oh yeah i've definitely been there or it's like she got messier than she meant to <laughs> that's okay yeah. um, it's I, you know it's funny because i like i end up doing a lot of i end up doing more than I realized until somebody was like, you sing a lot in your, in your act. I was just like, no, no, no. And then I started counting all the bits. I was like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, I've ended up having to kind of, you know, when I know it's okay, the person that's up next is right before me. So I'm, so I'm not on deck, but the next one. So that's when I go out, loosen up, stretch a little bit and you know, and go through the whole, the whole 
the whole spiel. But yeah, I'm having to do it more and more. I'm just like, okay, let's make sure we're okay. I have to do it talk. Yeah. Because like bars are loud. Uh-huh. I'm I'm on mic, but you still have to project. Yep. Not every sound system is great. Sure. And this is not where my voice naturally sits a hundred percent of the time. This is my flip voice. Yep. And it can be taxing because oh, yeah. I am I'm I'm in my attic the whole time. Yeah. And I'm not just in my attic, I'm in my attic projecting and pushing and expressing because I'm I'm a very naturally very vocally expressive person so even when i'm up there i still like i think i'm at my top and then i find a new top where it's like ah <laughs> and it's like doing that for three hours if i don't warm up and warm down oh yeah i will wake up the next day like croaking like oh, yeah. no voice there's there's and one it's funny like just being on a stage with a microphone period doesn't matter if you're singing or not yeah it, it's a lot it is a lot it's i've gone from I've gone from doing the five minute sets to, you know, the 10 to 15s. And now I'm, now I'm at the place where I'm doing 30 to 45 and it's, that's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. Like you better be hydrated and warm. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, I have this one bit where I, um, it's, it's a backstreet. I'm talking about the backstreet boys, but I, I switch from talking to singing back Mm -hmm. and forth very quickly and it's having to make it's sure, I, yeah, making sure you're hitting that particular note correctly and, and then going back into a very conversational like, yeah, and then easy. back up. Yeah, it's, it's you know, so the, fo- the folks who who sing, and again, your show's much longer than a comedy set, but you guys are on. Yeah. Just go, 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 and go, there's go. there's a reason why there's a lot of comics and a lot of drag queens with that gravelly voice like that's so common in comics and nightlife yeah and those are usually the people that didn't it never clicked with them i'm a vocal artist yep no i'm just talking right so it's like if you don't do it right it it will age your voice oh absolutely and because of like the kind of what i do i can't have that like i need my four octaves i need to be able to go up there oh yeah that's how some of my some of my comedy wouldn't be effective if I'm not up there. Right. Yeah. Like it sells the joke. <laughs> where it's like, I make a joke where it's like, you're like, I'm just a Muppet. Like, and so I need a Muppet voice. If I don't have a Muppet voice, the joke's not funny anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I remember, I remember doing that backstreet, that backstreet boys bit one time and I hit the, I hit the note. I, I missed the note and it took everybody out of the moment. And I yeah. was just like, damn it <laughs> the joke's not the joke anymore the your voices yeah and that's not what like that's a different joke that i could do but that's not the joke i was doing <laughs> right yeah and it's i mean even podcasting and i mean if you get into podcasting depending on what kind of schedule you keep with podcasting because this you know i do this show once a week yeah i'm also on the movie show which is every two weeks um, I also do uh, Cosmic Crit, which is kind of, it's D&D, but in space. Um, I'm part of that show, and that's that's a little more spread out. But at one point, there was a time where I did, I had two recordings on a Sunday, and then I had my regular episode on a Monday, and then I had a makeup episode on Tuesday. And by the end of Tuesday, I was shot. I was yeah. like, nope, that's it. We're done for the week. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she will stop. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I, you know, I, I try to keep it very conversational, but there's a point where, well, you put on a flip voice. Yeah. I, I put on writer, okay. comedian, writer, but, comedian, yeah. Mr. Tane Davis. Yeah. They yeah. All do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't even think it's on purpose to me. It's like, if I don't switch into that, I forget where I am. I forget what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I'm not on. Yeah. It's like flip has to be on. Like I have to be quick, snappy, funny. Like oh, yeah. and that's something the voice helps me. Like things to feel like they come naturally because it's like this is who she is. And exactly. if I don't have her on, then nothing lands right. Oh like, yeah. There have been times where like my voice has been tired and I've started a show and I've been like, hey guys, I'm a little tired. So you're gonna get a little more Tony Braxton. And I can feel that that entire show has less energy. And I'm like, yep. it's me, it's the voice. Oh yeah. Like as crazy as that is, I'm like, it's the voice is part of the energy. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's times where, you know, my wife has to deal with folks um, on zoom for her work and she's like, I just don't know if I can do this. And I was like, Hey babe, just remember eyebrows up. And she's yeah. like, okay, eyebrows up. Cause mm-hmm. the, that kind of like, uh-huh. And here we are. <laughs> I, do a, um, I do a lift. Oh, okay. You can see it. Hold on. I'll try to relax. Okay. So that's nothing. Uh-huh. Hey, there it is. <laughs> they go up, and I also feel something that happens here. Uh huh. And when I do that, it starts to come out. Like, yep. and it's probably just me engaging my nasal those muscles to keep my voice up. And it's funny. It's like I can feel that. And when it's like she's here, there she is. That's so fun. And it's like if I don't do that, everything feels weird. I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong? Where is she? <laughs> I start to feel like I start to go. It's like I could easily go into like a Norma Jean, Marilyn Monroe thing. We're like, come to me. I need Marilyn. Where is she? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like everything can just like. It's like suddenly we're in a psychotic episode. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's. I, for for me on stage, I mean, you're seeing me here, t-shirt, and I I I wear glasses anyway. But like, I I typically um, button down t-shirt, long sleeves to cover the tattoos, um, like slacks, um, pretty much dress shoes. I look like I I look like I work in an office. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a show, and I was working with some guys from New York uh, here locally, and. Um, after I was their opener. So I went, did my set. It was fine. Uh, got off stage, ditched the shirt. So now my tattoos are showing. I put my glasses in the pocket, went to the bar, you know, ordered some food, came back to the table. And one of the comics from New York who had seen my set walked past me and stopped and did a double take. And he goes, Oh, this is who you are. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, it's a costume buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is theater. <laughs> But it's, you know, that's something I, because that kind of helps me get into that, that, that mindset, that frame of mind, uh, you know, being able to rattle off yeah. the very specifically worded jokes. And I, I, the way I always describe it to people is, yeah, I wear this so that my dog fisting joke, it's a little bit harder. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. The visual yeah. presentation is just as important. Exactly. It's like, if I don't look a certain way, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, well, yeah. It's like watching any movie. If one part of the special effects is off or, you know, somebody's costume. Is out of it. Yeah. It takes you completely out of it. Yeah. It's like, it's gotta be, eh. well, it goes back to the, the poster. Like you could have everything else. Great. But if your poster sucks, like <sighs> it's visual, it's a visual art form. You yes. are in front of people looking at you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. Like, I don't think about it 
it's not something I consciously think about often, mm -hmm. but you're saying that. And I'm like, yeah, we all have, we all have our access points to our character. Yes. Like every actor talks about it. Like, yeah. like some actors are like, it's the costume when I'm in the costume, I feel it. Or it's like, it's the hair. Like when I see the hair in the mirror there, there's the character. Yeah. And it's like, to me, like, it's the same thing with my drag. It's like, there are certain things where if I don't have that, yeah. I don't feel her. Yeah. Uh, and it was the most challenging part of doing Star Trek drag. When I started doing Star Trek drag, I had to, I had to find her very differently. Oh, okay. Like I'm usually very like girl about town, uh -huh. 30 little dresses and high, high heels. Like I won't wear anything under a four inch heel. That is like a, that is a, that is a no for me. Right. Because I don't feel her in a two inch heel or in a three inch heel. She's, she's, she's in her big girl shoes. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm only five, four. Oh, okay. So it's like, I feel like if I were a biological woman or just a woman, I would be that girl in her high heels. Like I'm that girl. Right. So right. Is that girl. So it's like, I, that was my first access point for her in Star Trek drag. Cause it's like, okay, I'm in a pantsuit. But I still got my shoes on. I've still got my heels. Yep. And then another access point was my hair. Mm. It's like, I love big hair. I love, yeah. so it's like, that's why I started with, I realized like looking back, I started with the characters that had that. Like I started with Deanna. I started with Tilly. Mm. It, it's like, I need hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I got comfortable doing the Star Trek characters, then my box got bigger. Uh -huh. And now it's like, I don't need I still need my shoes, um, but yeah. I don't need as like, I don't need the, I don't need as much glitz and glamour anymore to feel. Interesting. It's like, God, I don't so fascinating. wear jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. Our fleet officers don't wear jewelry. Yeah. So it's like when I'm, when I'm huh. flipped, I'm like, like chandelier earrings and diamonds and glitter and sequins. Of course. And it's like, I have found ways to incorporate that when I do Loxana Troy. I get to be that. I get to wear the shoes and I get to, you know, be the anti-name of space. Um, <laughs> when I do a TOS character, I wear earrings because it's like Nichelle Nichols wore earrings. Yeah. That's the vibe. Uh -huh. okay. When I'm like TNG, it's just me. So I'm like, the hair's got to be, that. that's the when hair. me, the hair's perfect. The shoes are high because it's like, that's how they were. Yeah. Deanna Troy's yeah. hair was done. Her face yeah. beat. Yeah. So it's like that, that I can access, but yeah, it's, it's funny when you start to think about like, what do I need to get to where I need to be? And you don't think about it when you're first starting because it's natural, Yeah. but the longer you do something, you do have to become aware of it. Cause there are going to be days where you're tired and you're not feeling it. And you're like, what do I need to do to get there? And if yeah. you don't know, then you're not going to be able to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're we absolutely know that right. there, there are things where it's like, I'm not feeling her. I know what I need to do to get to her. Yeah. Like I'm stressed. Maybe my life is like not clicking. So it's hard for me to access that creative artistic part of me. Yeah. But it's like, I have to, it's my job. It's yeah. Being an artist and being a working artist. It's like, I, it's, that's when it's, I have to clock in. Oh yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more with, with what I'm doing and stand up, obviously not to the degree that, uh, that you have you're been doing, events. you are doing it to, to the degree I'm doing. Like, that's what being a host is like, 
you have to be yourself, but you have to be your best self. Yeah. And that's a job. There's so much to hosting. And I'll speak for the stand-up comedy side. There's so much to hosting that a lot of newer comics don't necessarily understand of like, okay, you're not just, all right, your next comic. I mean, you can do that, but like, that's not going to be beneficial to the show. So it's, you have to kind of, you're you part be, of the atmosphere. You're part of the vibe. You exactly. Have if, if, if the comic that just got off, if their energy is here and you know that the next performer's energy is down here, you have to find a way to you connect those. Yes. Yeah. And then when it's the other way around, same thing, but in the opposite the direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. All right. Ready to rock and roll? Engage. Incoming transmission. on patreon and like rate review and share on all your favorite platforms feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computer resume podcasts at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop and our outro music was provided with permission by dronode Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn, and the voice of Computer Resume podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?